It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. We have to talk about Buck Grant. He passed away. It's one of those things that, you know, as people get older, you know this time is coming, um, but you're never really ready for it. And the fans, uh, we're going to do our best to just shine light on, on Buck Grant's uh, life. Uh, he wasn't just a football coach. We know that. But also, I'll talk about Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, even when Minnesota thinks they're done with Stefan Diggs, he finds a way to get back. It's like that toxic boyfriend you sometimes just can't let go of. And my boy Stefan Diggs got back in the, in the Minnesota Vikings media again. We'll talk about that coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, this is Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show. I want you to know this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more, and it's parlay time because it's March Madness time. So just visit fanduel.com backslash locked on to get started today. Like I said, this the first four in, those games are coming up, and once they're in, it's locked. And it's better to get locked on now and to be on the outside watching everybody else have fun with these parlays. Also, we're going to talk, like I said, we have to talk about Stefan Diggs and the Minnesota Vikings. We have to talk about Dennis Evans, the kid from the Gophers that decommitted after he had already signed a national letter of intent, was able to get, he backed out of it, and everybody's like, he's going to go to one of these, he's a California kid, he's going to go to one of these UCLA's, USC's, and still end up in the Big Ten somehow and, and just terrorize no, no, he, he didn't. And we'll talk about that as well. But we have to talk about Bud Grant, uh, 95 years old, passes away, leaves a huge legacy. And just he's one of those guys that will, will have statues in places. People will talk about him for years to come. Just the football acumen, uh, the things he did as he was older, uh, the temperatures that, you know, the questions and conversations he had with his players about the code in Minnesota and, and how they played. And I have a ton of stories from older guys uh, that play for him. Just I've been blessed enough to, to be around a lot of these guys, Paul Krause, Greg Coleman, um, uh, the names go on, um, you know, Chuck Foreman, he's been on our show. So we are, me and Sam, we're going to break that down a little bit. But also, you guys can download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just go to your TV, search Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can download us right there to your TV. Well, Sam Extra is going to join me on the show. And Sam, uh, you're, you're a Minnesota kid through and through. Uh, for me, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Didn't really know much about the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I grew up a Steelers uh, kid because of my dad. A um, little bit of Lions because of Barry Sanders but didn't know much about the Minnesota Vikings, not until uh, Randy Moss hit the scene. 
Um, and I, I and at the same time, I became a gopher. Um, that's when I started learning about the Minnesota Vikings. And even though at that point, I started to hear stories from like Mel Blunt, you know, because he was around when the Steelers won their first two championships and they had to play the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you know, whether it was in a, a game or whatever, and because I know Mel Blunt's brought up Greg Coleman. Um, and then I've heard the stories of the Purple People Eaters because of the Steel Curtain. You know, you can never say the Purple People Eaters were better than the Steel Curtain. I'm sorry, Minnesota Vikings fans, uh, but but you can't. But I do understand the thought of terrorizing uh, offenses and, and being just a, a, a group of men to just do it. And it starts with the head coach. You look at the Steelers, it was Chuck Noll. You look at the Vikings, it was Bud Grant. And the two are synonymous, Purple People Eaters and Bud Grant. Minnesota Vikings football and Bud Grant. Cold weather games and Bud Grant. And, and I'll never forget Greg Coleman. We'll, we're going to have those guys on at some point. Uh, we're going to compile a lot of their stories and put together to really just solidify this, this Bud Grant uh, legacy. And I'll never forget Greg Coleman telling me stuff like, you know, they would it would be freezing cold and Bud Grant would be telling guys like, you know, those sweatshirts or those long sleeves aren't going to help you out there on the field. Uh, you know, it's got to be a mindset so that when we step out on the field and we put snow on our arms, you know, the other teams looking at us like these guys are crazy. And I'm like, yeah, but also we're crazy. Like, that's what I would have been thinking. Like, I'm freezing. And Greg Coleman's from Florida. And he's like, you know, like, but he, he had to learn it, you know. And and he's also like, well, look, I'm, a, I'm the punter. I'm not sitting on the bench freezing uh because i'm not playing every play like the, the lineman yeah i get that and you can see videos of that those older guys uh on the line of scrimmage the bigger offensive lineman defensive lineman just you know getting up there and they're you know that's got to be a little bit intimidating it's eight degrees outside and these guys are just normally normal like normal dress for a game and then you go back to bud grant i think it was the viking seahawks game he was the honorary uh captain came out in the polo and i think it was negative eight or something like that. And he's out there in a polo. Unreal. And that ended up all over social media. That ended up all over national news that he had to be 80-something, late 80s. 88. Um, out there in a polo. And, I mean, and people, I know there were jokes, too. Like, oh, man, like, he's going to kill him. Like, he's going to get killed. Out the man made it to 95. So, clearly, the cold weather. Didn't bother him. He's like Elsa and Anna from Frozen. The cold doesn't bother him anyway or anymore. I don't even know what the song, how the song goes. You got it right. I've got two little kids and they, they sing that a lot. Right. So the cold doesn't bother him. So when you think about that though, I mean, just the hard nose coaching, uh, and Greg Coleman talking about that, you know, giving Greg Coleman a chance after he got cut from the Browns and, you know, turning him into a great punter and allowing him to, to use his athleticism to, you know, become the first African-American punter in the NFL. Uh, it's just a lot to the Bud Grant, you know, legacy. When you think about Bud Grant, you think about the Steelers and the Rooney stuff. Um, he's one of the greats. You know, you, you look at his figure, it's like Tom Landry. You know, you can point out Bud Grant standing there on the sideline in like a black and white the same way you could do Tom Landry. Like he's he's that important to football to the story of football like all that stuff has to be even though the vikings lost you know a bunch of times and never won a super bowl just like the buffalo bills went like it's 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 history like they're gonna be there and bud grant's right there so that's i didn't grow up here though sam so i'll, I'll let you kind of tell your stories because you grew up here uh you, you've been a vikings fan 
Um, so, you know, what is, what is, what does his legacy mean to you? Yeah. You know, and again, my problem is, is my age. I, I was born after Bud Grant was done coaching. So I I've been around the stories of Bud Grant. Right. I didn't get to live them out personally. So I, I think people reminisce so fondly about that era of Vikings football, which is interesting because it was an era marked by Super Bowl failures. And, right. and John Trzinski wrote about this in his column too. And you, you kind of talked about it, even though they never won, it still is the best the Vikings have ever had because they haven't been to a Super Bowl without Bud Grant. Correct. And people look back on the, the Met stadium, Bud Grant and, and his steely eyes and his breath, you know, the breath from all the players on the sideline and the way they played at home in those days, they just out-toughed opponents. And you've got the Purple People leaders on the defensive line. You've got Fran, Tarkin, uh, Fran Tarkenton. You've got these le- legacy players on those teams. And Bud was the steady mainstay behind all of it. And you hear just about his decency, too. Um, a coach that really pushed for work-life balance mm-hmm. in an era where I think football coaches were supposed to be very hard-nosed, kind of work you into the ground. Bud Grant was like, get home to your families by five. Right. Um, and he found time to fish and hunt and all that. So kind of a coach who was thinking for the player in an era when it wasn't always about the player, right. which I think is cool. Um, and then his just his life too, Ron. He played professional sports. He played high-level collegiate sports. Like His athletic career was unbelievable. And then his coaching career was just as good. Uh, just a really incredible guy that kind of succeeded um, at whatever he did. He'll be missed. Yeah, he will be missed. I know the Minnesota Vikings have changed a lot of their socials to say Bud Grant. Um, you know, he had an office at TCO. So they built they they carried his office from Winter Park and left it the same. Because I know Winter Park had it the same way. So when he would show up, it felt like he was home. Um, TCO did the same. He left it out there. Uh, they, they kind of transported it over, got the same walls, got the same, uh, trophies and the desk and the chair and everything. So that whenever he would show up to the building, he'd go to his office and he could feel like he was still at home. Um, uh, cause yeah, I mean, you don't want to sometimes go into a brand new, nice, shiny office. Uh, when you're 80, you're like, I don't care about all that. Like, I want to remember I had a bird on the wall that we had shot when I went hunting with my son and so on and so forth. And the pictures uh, from, you know, that time, you know, my family and uh, the, the the tickets to games that were up there and this trophy from whatever. I mean, it was just kind of cool to see the Minnesota Vikings do it. My guess is that's going to end up um, either still there or they're going to transport that entire type of set into the Vikings Museum um, because – yeah, he's not he's not going to be going back there. I don't think his family is going to care to go back there like that and be able to use his office. So I, I think what better way to honor him to, to maybe take the whole deal somehow and build it mm-hmm. uh, a replica of it in the in the museum and let fans be able to walk through it and see it and 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 just, you know, relive Bud Grant's life. Uh, the technology back then, you know, like how they had to watch film compared to now, like it wasn't the same. You had to truly watch stuff like you couldn't fast forward and jump to another play and jump to a fourth down, man, jump to that third and seven, you know, in the fourth court. You couldn't do that. You had to just let it play. And then if you went, I don't even know if you could rewind the type of film they had back then, but it was just it was different. It was a different era. And and he found a way. Uh, and I think even like you said, his legacy of getting home to your family, it 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 lived on. 
because Denny Green and then, you know, uh, Tony Dungy, you know, they they probably heard those stories. And then Tony Dungy goes on because Chuck Noll with the Steelers was similar. And then Tony Dungy goes on and does the same thing with the Colts. Um, and then Frank Wright, who coached with Tony, is doing the same thing. You know, it's like you could see because Reggie Wayne said it like, yeah, man, we're out of here by this time. Or we're, you know, because Cato June came on our show. He was at the mall. Like he would left practice so early because they're like, look, practice is done. Meetings are done. Go live your life. Cato June was at the mall before he came on our show. So those those type of mentalities, you know, there are mm -hmm. groups of coaches that were taught, stay at office all day, 11 p.m., overnight sleep. And then there's groups of coaches that believe where Tony Dungy's at. And you can see kind of the tree. And, you know, Bud Grant was one of them. Get home to your yeah. family. Like, football's not going anywhere. We're going to be here. Get your work done while you're here, and then go be with your family. Um, One so, quick yeah. story on that on that note, Ron. I, I heard this from, from somebody who was at Bob Hagen's retirement mm -hmm. party on, like, Thursday or Wednesday of last week. Um, they talked about Bud. And Kevin O'Connell said that he met with Bud Grant every week because Bud had the office. Mm -hmm. Bud has had the office since he retired. And remember, Bud Grant chose to retire in 1985. He wasn't yeah. even 60 yet. You know, right. a lot of coaches would, at, who had that much success, would coach till they're 70, 75 years old. Correct. And Bud, work-life balance, he said, nope, I'm done with football. And he decided to retire young, but he got an office. That was part of the deal. And he had that office for all these years. And he met with Kevin O'Connell at age 95 every week last season. Like that, wow. that's some serious, now credit to O'Connell for like knowing who to talk to mm -hmm. and, and trying to get wisdom from someone, you know, from his elder. Um, but then, you know, for Grant to still be making it in to meet with the new head coach, that's how far into the future his influence lasted, even after he retired almost four decades ago. Yeah. I mean, I've always said that with older people, they've been where you're going. And so if you don't ask them, you really don't know. And I think that's smart. Like whether it's has nothing to do with football, might have just been life and, and facility and players. Like who knows what uh, could have been marriage advice. But either way, they've been where we're going. So it never hurts to sit there. I think when I had um forgot who I had on the show, but I was talking about that, about how, uh, you know, with Tony, oh, Javen Hunter, you know, and I was talking about like Tony Dungy and and having all those guys in my life and Mel Blunt and how when I was in my 20s, um, I didn't care too much to hear their stories, you know, because I heard them all the time. Lynn Swan, Mean Joe Green. But then, you know, my dad passed away being around those guys again, Mean Joe Green, uh, hearing the Jack Lambert, Jack Ham stories, you know, Mike Wagner showed up uh, hearing those stories. I'm like, man, like it's it's different. It hits different when you're in your 40s and you're older and you're going through the stuff they're talking about. Uh, compared to when you're 20s and you think you know it all. Like when you're 21, 18, 19, 20, 21, ugh, I, I don't need to hear this. I know it all. And now, though, I can, I, I, I love it. I love when I hear those stories, uh, especially stories I had never heard. Like, you know, I know there's probably tons out there. Uh, and so that's, that's why I enjoy being around guys like Greg Coleman, um, you know, Chuck Foreman, because they are where I'm headed. And so I love to hear the stories. And so I know Bud Grant had a ton and Kevin O'Connell's a smart man. Like you gotta, you gotta pick the brain of the older generation uh, because we're, we're doomed to repeat history if we don't learn from it. And I think that's part of it too. Uh, but 
We got to talk about Dennis Evans. We got to talk about this recruiting stuff within NCAA basketball because it's a little bit different than football, uh, depending on who you are. And I'll explain why coming up next. And we also we have to talk about the Bracketology Challenge, good and bad that we learned from the selection Sunday, as I thought. I thought Houston was going to get screwed. Houston did not actually get screwed, so they took care of number one. Uh, but you would think they would have taken, they would have hurt somebody else. It wasn't the team I thought. I thought one of the number ones was going to get it, and they didn't get it. But we'll talk about who did coming up next. But remember, Locked On Sports Minnesota is a par partner with Care 11. Just check out care11.com backslash locked on for links to every one of our locked on shows. We have a word from our sponsors. Today's show is fueled by FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Sign up today if you're a new customer. Get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download the app. You can easily figure out how to wager on NHL, NBA, March Madness coming up. A lot of fun ways to stack your bets on top of each other also for a same-game parlay and get paid instantly after you win. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If you don't hit that first bet, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more and get started at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Oh, it's March Madness. The best time of the year is here this week. You got to think about this, Sam. 68 teams. And so when you think about the brackets, you got 68 teams vying for just the one spot to be called champion. And the one thing that we know, and I hate to say it, 16s, 15s, 14s, 13s, 12s, 11s, 10s. Not, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what the highest seed, but I think the highest seed to ever win it all has to be like a six or something or four. Like I, I just, and so one people, when we're looking at these brackets, you're looking at your money. I know you love your sneaky picks and those are going to help you early on in the parlays. But if you want to win the money, if you want to win the money, you're going to want to stick with the big dogs. You're going to want to stick with your UCLA's, your Kansas's, your Alabama's, your Houston's. Like those are the teams that are going to Michigan State is a sneaky one because they've gotten better. Purdue, Purdue has one of the biggest big men in college basketball, and he's not a great like athlete. He is just big and he's tall, and it's so hard to stop when Purdue is willing to slow the game down. Which is, I think, that's one of the reasons why I hated their offense when they had Jay Nivey because they kept going to the bigs. But Purdue, they don't care who their guards are. Jay Nivey is one of the best clearly nba players you know young players and he was in college and they did not let him go at teams they still ran the offense which is get it over to Jaden. Jaden, you get it down you if you if you can go go then kick it back out to Jaden. so purdue's gonna be purdue and so that's also another sneaky favorite to make the elite eight for sure possibly the final four uh when you think about purdue michigan state duke now silent secret silent secret team in there duke's not the dukes of the old but it's still Duke. And so they're another team that can get high. I don't think they're going to get to the final four or the elite eight personally, but that's, that's where I'm looking. But I, I got to go UCLA, Purdue. You got Kansas, you got Alabama, you got Houston. Those five to me are probably going to round out like two or three of the final four. Sam, what do you think? 
So a lot of people, the brackets come out and they immediately fill it out and they've got, they've got it done Sunday night. I, I slow play it. I want to see the first four games. I want to see if there's any injury news. Mm. I'm not going to have my bracket done until probably Wednesday night because I want to actually, I want to dig into these matchups and develop my opinions. So my opinions aren't fully baked yet. Um, mm. I don't, I don't have a lot of deep sleepers yet. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to get on board with at least one or two double digit seeds and I'm going to toot their horn and wave their flag, <laughs> but right at just with the top, top, top teams, teams that are title contenders, Alabama is going to be tough to beat. I think Alabama, and I, there's a lot of off the court stuff going on with Brandon Miller. Yep. Brandon Miller is really, really good. I think Alabama is going to be hard to beat. I saw the way, the way they played on the road this year, the way they played, even with all kind of the, the, the drama around them, um, they're they're going to be a tough out. I love UCLA, just like you. And I'll give you one sleeper. Look out for Penn State, Ron. Did you see the way they played in the Big Ten tournament? Yeah, they actually played pretty well. They 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 came within one shot at the end of winning the Big Ten, and they're a ten seed. Um, so I I'd, I'd I'd be nervous if I was Texas A and M. It seems like Penn State has uh, figured things out at the exact perfect time. The team that I think is going to lose, and I hate to say this. I feel like Iowa can beat Houston. I think Houston is a number one. Mm-hmm. I feel like they are the most acceptable to getting beat early. And they have to face two, two, most likely two Big Ten teams to get into the tournament, to like stay in it. They're going to have to, because Iowa's going to beat Auburn, I hope. Iowa should beat Auburn. And then Iowa gets Houston. I think Iowa can beat Houston. And that's like, I don't know if that's going to be my main pick, because I think Houston can beat them. But I know in one of my brackets, because I usually do a couple in different different uh, challenges with people, I'm going to do Iowa to beat Houston because I think they can. But then you got Indiana beats Kent State. Indiana turn around and beats Miami. Indiana can beat Houston too. Like the Big Ten we know is tough. And Indiana with Race Thompson and Daryl Thompson watching, they can beat Indiana. Now, when you look at the other side of that, you got Texas down there. That's going to be a tough one, too, for Houston to get by. So I think Houston got screwed. I think Houston got one of the tougher brackets. The other one that got screwed, and I'm glad it wasn't Kansas, it was Purdue because Purdue has Duke. Purdue's got to get by Duke. And now Duke and uh, um, Oral Roberts, which we Oral know. Roberts Oral Roberts might beat Duke, Ron. Oral Roberts, man. They that's might. My, and I said, that's what I said. I said. Remember, I said the fives. I said the fives. Yeah are the ones to watch. Duke is the one to watch. That Duke or Roberts game early, that's going to be the one to have everybody glued to their TVs. Duke has not played great. If Oral Roberts beats them, because they were a fan favorite last year, um, if Oral Roberts beats them, I mean, either way, though, whoever wins that game is going to lose to Tennessee. So I think that's short-lived. But that's why I said Purdue to be looking at this bracket. you got to beat Tennessee or Duke. Uh, or Memphis like they gave them a tough like go like you got Memphis Duke and Tennessee and then you still got Kentucky Kansas State Michigan State and Marquette like I feel like Purdue got the like the bracket that normally Calipari is crying about like oh I can't believe the committee did this to us you know shut up but I think Purdue got it I think Purdue got the toughest 
out because um, mm-hmm. nothing against Illinois, but I know Illinois can beat Arkansas, but Arkansas is really good as well. Kansas is going to run through both of those teams. You got SMC, you got VCU, uh, UConn's not the UConn of old, but UConn still got a four seed. Uh, but again, I don't think that's going to be hard for Kansas there. You got on the other side, you got Gonzaga, which again, Gonzaga's got a three, but I think that's because Gonzaga's conference is super easy. They don't have a Jalen Suggs. They don't have a Chet Holmgren. Um, so I think TCU can knock off Gonzaga. Uh, you go down to Northwestern, UCLA. I think between Northwestern and UCLA, either one of those teams can beat Gonzaga or TCU. That's just me personally. Northwestern is a really tough out. Um, so this is going to be a fun bracket. Again, like I said, back over to Houston, though. Other than Iowa and, and Indiana, like Xavier, uh, Texas A&M, and Texas, I just don't feel like they got it tough. Like, I don't think they got it as tough as these other ones got. Like, there's some tough ones. And Alabama, again, getting Arizona, that might be when they meet their, their you know, they're not a Cinderella because they're one, but they're just normally not in this position as number one overall. Um, hopefully, uh, and, and if it's if it's warranted, fine. But I know there's going to be some more information to come out during the tournament because this is why not do it now? Because now you're going to be sensational. You're going to get guys to turn on each other so they can hurry up and be done with this court case stuff. So unfortunately, like I know that's, you know, the FBI and the states turning up like they're going to they're going to play that game. Like they're going to play that game with, with Brandon Miller, unfortunately, uh, to, to hey, what do you know? What else do you know about this? You know, they're going to they're going to use whatever they can to say, hey, I know you don't want us around, so give us the info and we'll leave you alone and we'll be on our way. Um, I know Greg Gumbel's under fire, though, for his statement. Like when they when they got, they, you know, basically he said Brandon Miller wasn't indicted. And so Alabama gets a number one seed. It was something weird. It's like a weird correlation he tried to make. It's like, oh, weird. where are you going with this? Yeah, he's under fire right now for that. Just because it was a weird like statement. It was a weird like why why'd you put those two together? Like Alabama's got a player, you know, who wasn't indicted and they're the number one seed, so they're gonna go get to play. Like what? Like so it's just it was super weird. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where you know how it is in this business, like you just have stuff on your mind and you want to say it and maybe say it in the wrong time. Um, but when you look at this tournament, Sam, I know there's a challenge with us and our program, uh, group of guys coming up. What can people look forward to this week? Yeah, check out your social media at 3RonJohnson, my social media at Sam Ekstrom. I'll put the link out there today. Uh, You know how you can win Terry Bradshaw's money with the Fox NFL pregame show? You can win Ron Johnson's money. Um, We got a nice little pot, win a crisp Benjamin. If you compete against Locked on Sports Minnesota hosts, uh, join our bracket pool today, CBS Sports. Just import your bracket from there. And uh, I put a little twist on it, Ron. So you get the points, obviously, for every win. But I'm also adding the seed to your total. So if you get a 12 seed to win, for instance, you get the points for that victory plus 12. So it's points plus seed. Fun little twist on the bracket challenge. Uh, And I'll have that link out today. um, At 3 Ron Johnson at Sam Ekstrom. Well, you know, it's always fun to win money. And you got to beat us, though, people. Because... I'm, I'm my bracket. I'm 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 gonna be real. Like Sam doesn't pick early. I kind of early do some picks, and I, I like to do it like a lottery ticket. Like I just feel like whatever numbers pop in my head, I want them. Like I was at the gas station the other night. I saw fifty two dollars on the uh, pump next to me. I looked over. The jackpot was fifty two million. I said, you know what? I need five tickets, and I need two tickets. Probably doesn't work. That numbers thing doesn't work. But it was like, hey, the numbers were talking to me. So if one of these five or two ticket things hits 52 million, 
or a million, hey, we might, I might jump the pot up. If I hit the 52 million, I'll jump the pot up. I'll throw 100,000 out there for fans. So you might want to stick around. If I hit the lotto, people, that $100 that goes to 100,000. Drawing tonight? Uh, What's today? Monday, I think. Monday? I don't know. Is it? Did they start? I thought they only added the extra drawings when it was in the, tr- like the you know, when it was like the 100 oh. some millions and Yeah, you know, I don't know. Billions. Is Powerball? Powerball? Yeah, Powerball. I think it was like, okay. I think it's, when, it's normally Wednesday, Sunday or Wednesday, Saturday. Uh, but I know they added the Monday when it was hot, like when it was super high, because they're like, all right, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta find a winner because this is getting too big. And that one guy won in California; he won two billion dollars, and so he took the payout. And the payout after taxes was nine hundred ninety-seven million dollars. So, dude, basically became a billionaire. Uh, he's gonna have to pay some luxury tax on that, and some other stuff. But he bought; I saw he bought a twenty-five million dollar mansion. Blah blah. Me, I would have thrown a million dollars to Locked On. I'd say, hey. Follow us. Somebody wins a million at the end of the year. We're going to we're gonna pump this up. But we also have to talk about real quick before we get to the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Uh, I did mention Stefan Diggs and the tease people, so stick around. We're going to talk about Stefan Diggs and these Minnesota comments and just the the fun guy Stefan is. And, and honestly, like, I, 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 I'm not even telling you what I think. I, I, I know where he's coming from, though. Like, I know exactly where he's coming from. Uh, I think it's warranted, so we'll talk about that. But Dennis Evans, uh, Gophers recruit real quick, seven foot one, uh, was a Gophers recruit, Gophers signee, uh, committed to Minnesota. Ben Johnson, had, you know, top 20 player. So Ben Johnson, it really solidified with him. And, and you see Farrell Payne. Oh, my goodness. Farrell Payne, Dawson Garcia would be your three if Dennis Evans pan, panned out to be as good as we think he could be. Uh, seven one at the center. You got Farrell Payne is a true power forward because you watch him. He dominated he dominated that last game they lost. Uh, when you think about he was he didn't miss a shot, 17 points. I mean, the kid was unstoppable. And then you got Dawson Garcia, who can be like one of the biggest three guards in basketball at 6'9, 6'10, uh, could be your three because he could shoot it when he gets going. But now you put pressure on whoever the guard trying to guard. You go big and you put three bigs out there. You find you two guards that can go. And Ben Johnson could have, but now he we he decommitted. And we're like, oh, or whatever. He wanted out of his national letter of intent. So of course everybody's like, man, who's you know who's coming after him? Is it USC? Is it UCLA? Uh, is it Cal? Is it you know is it Oregon? Uh, you know because all this nil, Louisville, four and twenty eight. He picked Louisville. So it's not the Go- Gophers were nine and twenty two. They won a game in the Big Ten tournament. So it's not the Gophers because it's not the play. Because clearly, play has nothing to do with his decision. It's not about going to a team that's really good. My guess is Louisville has had black eyes before in college basketball. And you can put steak on a black eye. You can ice it. You can let it wreck. It doesn't matter. We still know it's there. Like, we still know it's there. The coach might not be there. But the process and the people are still around. The person pulling the puppet strings because Patino kept saying that. He kept saying, like, look, I really don't have control over some of this stuff, which I truly believe now. So whoever that puppet master is, because we all seen the movie Blue Chips, except for Sam, probably. Uh, Have you seen Blue Chips, Sam? Nope. Oh, my God. In the heart of recruiting, that's still going on at Louisville somewhere. Somebody's controlling, like, how players decide what school they go to. And, uh, you know, they're like, look, man, top 20 guy, like we're Louisville. We were, we weren't far off. 
Uh, we just need a couple players to get back to like we won a national championship. We were great. So it is what it is. It's not a better city, in my opinion, than Minneapolis. Um, it's not a, you know, it's way more stuff to do here. Now, the weather, that could be part of it. I don't know if he's been watching our weather lately because it is horrible. It's going to snow again on Friday. Like, what the heck is going on? But it is what it is. I don't know, Sam. What are your thoughts on that? This is all I have to say. <laughs> that's that's what this is all about. This is, this that is that's how reminds me of the Dave Chappelle, which you probably don't remember that, but Dave Chappelle, that was his uh, outro for his production company. And it, it would be his voice in the back to my, I'm rich, man. Like, so... <laughs> but that that was his thing oh yeah that was the dave Chappelle thing and then he come like it was him voiced over i forgot what the name of the production company though probably still has it but yeah it was, it was at the end of the Chappelle show that would always go so yeah but that's it's money we know it's money it is what it is we'll see what happens a lot of people weren't sold at even because people get these top listings and then they go and play and they're never as good as people say they are so they can say he was a top 20 player do we really know we don't know. We'll find out. Maybe he becomes the best big man ever, and then Gopher fans are going to find another reason to hate uh, and say we're cursed and we never can get good things. We'll see. Or maybe he goes there, does absolutely nothing, scores two points uh, a season and averages two points a game, and then people are like, look, see, we didn't need him anyway. And Pharrell Payne ends up being a great and goes to the NBA, and we can look back on that and be like, man, like, look, Pharrell Payne, Dawson Garcia, all these guys are in the NBA. They end up turning it around the next year because they realize how to win. Boom. Doesn't matter. But, of course, we got the Daily Three coming up next. That's three questions, three minutes each. But remember, you can check out the Minnesota Football Party four days a week from Monday to Thursday. Get your Vikings fixed with Aretha Fasan, Luke Inman, Luke Bryan, and Sam Maxim on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And we have a word from our sponsors. Thanks, Ron. An exciting contest from Built. The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff. Now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the cookie bar puff. And if you want your team to win, you'll be voting for that bar too. Uh, support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky lockdown listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but a Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built. Built the best protein bar ever. They're so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. What makes Built Bar and Puffs so good? They're all high in protein, low in sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. Vote every day in March. Hop in and support your pick. Well, now it's time for the part of the show I love. That's the daily three. And it's the part you're about to get paid off. The Stefan Diggs. We're about to talk about it. It's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. Let's talk about it. Let's lead with Diggs. Uh, Diggs, another controversial quote over the weekend related to his departure from Minnesota. Here's the quote. Minnesota sent me to Buffalo not to have the career that I've been having, I felt like they sent me there for S word not to go well. <laughs> so the Vikings were trying to, to get a last dig at digs on his way out the door and send him to God forsaken Buffalo. Um, and here he is having the time of his life. What do you think about that quote? 
Um, so he said, in my opinion. So one, when anybody says, in my opinion, they know they don't know the truth. Um, they're just saying how they felt in that moment. And so it's warranted. He is warranted for saying that. If you think about it, he wanted his way, he wanted out. He forced his way out. He said he wasn't a great teammate at that time. And he apologizes for how he, like he said, man, if I had to do it all over again, I probably wouldn't act that way. But he admitted to all that stuff. And if anybody forces their way out, are you really going to send them to some place that is going to work for them? No, you're taking the best option for you. And the best option for them, like, you know, like Jalen Ramsey, I think the Rams just wanted to say, who can we get the most from for Jalen Ramsey? And because they're, you know, as far as somebody, and somebody willing to have the money to pay for his contract. And so not to say they sent him to the Dolphins because they didn't want him to do well. They're just like, look, he can't affect us over there. That's the AFC. We're in the NFC. Like, who cares? Like, let's just try to get rid of it. Move this big salary because it doesn't help us anyway. We, we're, we're an offensive built team. We, let's get younger. But for Stefan Diggs, it was just one of those things where it did end up working out because if 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 the Eagles don't take Jalen Rager and they take Stefan Diggs and the Vikings maybe don't take Jalen Rager or maybe they do. And, it you know, we're not having this conversation of the best even trade in NFL history for the best even trade in NFL history. It had to work out with the Eagles doing what they did um, and the Vikings, you know, for them, to it fell into their lap. So. When you think about that comment, yeah, they the, the Buffalo Bills weren't who they are right now. Like Josh Allen was a maybe type of quarterback. Like we were talking about like, oh man, I can't believe they think he's the quarterback of the future. Like we didn't believe that. Now we did see it when he killed the Vikings when he came here. But Stefan Diggs, it's warranted. He he has all the right to say that. I truly do feel like not say Rick Person was like, oh, screw this guy. I mean, as a GM, you're probably like, look, I'm not sending this guy to the best possible place. I'm just gonna send him to wherever, like one, we don't have to play them. Or they can't affect our, you know, our Super Bowl run. Maybe we face them in Super Bowl. They can't affect our run. And then also, who's going to give me the most? And they were willing to give him a first round pick. So they're like, look, let this, we drive this dude in the fifth. We're paying this dude seventy two million dollars. We're going to get a first back. Let's do it. If we can get a top first round pick back, we know there's a lot of. And it was a deep, deep, deep receiver draft that year. So they knew at twenty three. I mean, because I probably like I think they don't take Jalen Rager. I think they take T. Higgins in the first because he would have been that big bodied receiver. They were looking to partner with Adam Thielen because they've always talked about a catch radius guy with Justin Jefferson failed to him. But I think T. Higgins might have been their pick. Like I, I could I could have I could see them taking T. Higgins at that spot um, or a defensive lineman or cornerback, of course, because we always joke about that. Mike Zimmer, but. No, I I think Stefan Diggs, he's well within his right to say that because I don't think they wanted him to go somewhere else where he could kill it and be great. But I also don't think they they were purposefully trying to hurt his career. But I do see where he could say that. What do you think? My thoughts exactly. I mean, you you really echoed exactly what I would have said there. Um, I think there was a lot of bad feelings both ways. I think the Vikings were upset with Stefan yeah. for wanting out, you know, for disagreeing with their offense, for skipping practice the one week like the the Vikings had issue with Diggs Diggs had issue with the Vikings mm -hmm. so th this was not a super amicable breakup right you know they no nobody liked anybody so I think that there are probably a lot of negative feelings associated with that deal mm -hmm. on Diggs on Diggs part um and like you said the Vikings weren't going to send him to a team probably within the conference 
So that limits the amount of bidders uh, for his services. And you take a first round pick when you can get it. So I think, I think it just ended up being Buffalo. Um, I think that maybe in the hearts of like Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, maybe they were kind of secretly hoping Diggs wouldn't blow up in his next team and make them look bad. But fortunately, Justin Jefferson's acquisition totally covered any of that up. So it all worked out. Right. Cause I think T Higgins would have had just a good of a season, just like he did with the, with the um, Bengals. And so you think about T Higgins with Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. I think that still would have worked out. I don't think Adam Thielen gets overshadowed by T Higgins though. Um, now, of course, injury, we, we who knows what happens because Adam Thielen was banged up a little bit. Um, but I definitely could see, you know, when you think about that, I mean, I think KJ Osborne still ends up where he ends up. Um, but I could see T Higgins being kind of the guy because now people are saying T Higgins could be the guy somewhere else and not be behind Jamar Chase. Uh, but if I'm him, I'm like, look, John Taylor and, and, and what's his name? Jerry Rice, you know, Lynn Swan and John Stallworth. Like, hey, I don't need to be Batman. I'm I'm balling. And we and we're we're in the AFC Championship a lot, so I'm I'm good, and I think that's where T Higgins is too. Um, what you got next? Yeah, so this broke Friday after our roundtable show. We haven't talked about it yet. Cam Dantzler waived the fourth year corner. I think a lot of people expected him to compete for the job for mm -hmm. sure in the final year of his contract. He's waived. Vikings save a couple million in salary cap space. Your thoughts? One injury. Uh, can he stay on the field? I think that's part of it. Brian Flores also probably has watched Cam Dantzler. They probably watch film on a lot of guys decide who to keep and who to let go. Um, they probably just don't feel like he's a physical enough cornerback to fit the system he wants to run. He needs corners. They're going to fit his system, and that's the key. What they drafted were guys that possibly could fit Mike Zimmer's system, and so that's what we have to remember. It has nothing to do personally probably with Cam Dantzler's ability. Uh, it's just about scheme and fit. You know, it's like if I'm an offensive coordinator and I run an offense that needs a guy like Cooper Cup, I can't sit around and draft these six, six receivers because it is not going to fit the routes in the scheme that I want to run. Um, vice versa. If I'm a team that's a true passing, you know, straight vertical team and I need speed and height and size and red zone ability, I can't draft a bunch of, you know, little, small, tiny mediocre receivers like you know certain offenses require certain guys um a lot of more teams now are going with like hybrid six feet guys like justin jefferson uh aj brown debo samuel where it's like look these guys can play outside they can play inside they can play a slot um like a cooper cup you know i can move around i can be in different spots uh the the Devonte adams like that's that's what is you know deandre hopkins you're seeing more and more of these hybrid type of receivers so Getting rid of Cam Dancer, I just think it was it was one, like you said, freed up money, but also like can he stay healthy? Clearly, they must like the Caleb Evans. Um, they feel like he's gonna be back. I mean, we know he had a bunch of concussions, he had some other mental health stuff just because you know, being away from the game can, you know, early on as a young career, that can hurt you. So I think that's was more of it. And because people are like, Oh, they buried the lead. Like, there's no lead there. There was nothing there. Like it was, you know, a guy that didn't stay on the field a bunch. Uh people question if if of, of uh, what's his name, uh, Caleb Evans, or even uh, Andrew Booth Jr. should be playing in front of him. Andrew Booth Jr. is going to come back healthy, hopefully. Uh, hopefully, this is not a lingering, you know, situation where every year he's hurt. Every year we're sitting around wondering when he's going to ever play, because uh, that that's a waste of a, of a early pick. But yeah, the Cam Dancer thing—I just think it was more of scheme and fit. What do you think? I'm a little worried it's a Mike Hughes situation because remember the Vikings gave away Mike Hughes for basically nothing mm -hmm. in the last year of his deal. 
They really could have used him because uh, they had injuries that year and and they, they had no depth. And Mike Hughes ended up playing pretty well. I think yeah. it was for Kansas City yep. at his next stop. Um, I, I just don't know if the Vikings have the luxury of trading away who a still a young player, or not even trading, cutting a young player um, to save not that much cap space. It's some, but it's not like $10 million. So yeah. I'm, 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 I question it a little bit. But Dantzler has also lost competitions to Bashad Breland and Duke Shelley. Like that clearly there's something there that, that just doesn't click with coaching staffs. So I, I think I, I do understand that he might not be, you know, viewed in the most favorable light. Yeah, I will say the one thing about Mike Hughes, remember the Lions game. Like he was the reason why the Lions lost in one of those plays. He got lost in the sauce and got beat. Um, so but yes, Mike Hughes definitely did play well with Kansas City. He could have been a good glue guy for the Vikings. A uh, good piece of that puzzle, punt returner. Uh, we know he was a good punt returner, kick returner. Um, even though I think KJ Osborne ended up working out, and then they ended up getting Jalen Rager eventually as a as a punt returner. But that was the remember that was the big thing is like when they got rid of Mike Hughes, they tried Chad Beebe. Then KJ Osborne was kind of shaky back there, so there was a lot of that interim where you're like, well, Mike Hughes could have been your guy back there. Like he was, he ended up getting healthy, he ended up being fine and playing well, and he's still playing well for the Lions. Like he played well for the Lions. We saw the Lions end up becoming the second best team in the NFC North. And they're the team now everybody could be the favorite, like depending on how this draft goes, because they got picks. The Lions could be the favorite, but what's the last one? What you got? Yeah, a little T-Wolves. Another bad loss on uh, Saturday night against, yeah, no, Friday that. night, Friday night against the Nets. Nas Reed, well, first of all, they blow a lead. Um, bad third quarter. They climb back. Nas Reed sends it to overtime, three-pointer at the buzzer. Awesome yep. moment. But then they lose an OT. Mike Conley might have gotten fouled in the final play. Doesn't matter. T-Wolves mm-hmm. lose. They're at 500. They're a game from being out of the playoffs entirely. Just out of the play-in, out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, were we naive to think that this team could make a playoff run now that they might not even make it in? Yeah, you're right. They're a game away from the 13th seed. One game from the 13th seed. And then at that point, you might as well tank. Now they can't tank because the Rockets are god awful at 15 and 52. So there's no way they can get that close. Spurs are 17 and 50. They can't get that close. So they're basically stuck in that weird, like, do you want to finish 13th or do you want to finish 12th? Like, does either matter? It probably doesn't. Now it could move you up in the draft board a little bit. Is there anybody out there that you could probably get that could help you? Or do you go make a run? Because at least now you can say we made the playoffs again, where we're getting more games in. Uh, but yeah, I think we're a little naive. I, I I truly do. I don't I don't feel like this is a team right now because you don't know what's gonna happen with Cat if he's gonna come back and the team's not gonna jail well. Um, the Lakers are interesting too because I think they're like four and two or something like that since LeBron's been out in that six game stretch. So you know, do they get affected when LeBron's back towards this dominant stretch? You know, like with an ankle like that. Um, you know, wearing the boot, he's probably gonna be back at some point. Tape it up, get ready to go. I don't know, I, but I, I do feel a little naive. I, I do. But again, I don't want to be reactive. I don't want this to react because we're like, oh, they keep losing these games. Uh, when you look at who they have left, you look at the games they have left. Like, again, the Nets, they lost, but they have the Hawks. We'll see today, 6.30 p.m. How does that look? They have the Celtics on Wednesday. So we'll get us a look at that. And then they got the Bulls on Friday. So this week, and then they got the uh, Raptors back-to-back Friday, Saturday games uh on that saturday in toronto they go from chicago to toronto overnight and then they go play them at uh 6 p.m so we'll see 
we'll see these next four to five games uh what they get out of them what like what are the next four for sure like this week they got four games this week what happens are they two and two if they go one and three they're probably the 10th seed in my opinion but we shall see um but i don't know i don't know sam like i, I feel a little naive i just don't, like i don't know i just feel like the games like you can't have a lead like that and then blow it and think you're gonna make a deep playoff run what do you think yeah, the Timberwolves have shot themselves in the foot so many times. They could easily have 40 wins. Yep. If they had just beaten the worst teams in the NBA. They would be they could be a 2 seed easily. Um and now they're staring at, you know, I, I don't think they can be above the play in any longer. I just think that Golden State's playing too well. Los Angeles has too much talent. Phoenix is pulling away. Yep. I mean, the, the chance of being outside the play-in round is is slipping through their fingers. True. And they deserve that because they, they've been unable to beat the bottom of the barrel teams. That's just inexcusable for a team that has uh, legitimate aspirations. Yeah, I've said it. Until they figure out that they need to go through Anthony Edwards every single time, they're going to end up here every time. But that'll do it for us today. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. And remember, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube, where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conference delivering all the biggest news. Like our videos and leave your thoughts in the comment section. Today's question, let us know, who is your favorite to win the NCAA tournament and the Minnesota Vikings? What should they do now at cornerback, looking how thin they are? Is it draft, draft, draft? Or is it try to go get a brick free agent? Because people are saying DeAndre Hopkins. And we'll talk about that later this week. But is it DeAndre Hopkins who they need to worry about? Or should they go get somebody like a Jalen Ramsey with a cheaper contract? Let us know what you think. But we want to thank you and have a great day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.